Hey, everybody. Welcome to the We're Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo and Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, top of the morning. Top of the morning to you too, Father John. We are coming to you. Uh, some of our team has made it over to Ireland to celebrate with soon-to-be Father Mark Moriarty for the Diocese of Kerry, who's going to be ordained on August 13th. So we've come over here to celebrate with him. And uh, this is a banner day for him and his diocese. He's the first priest to be ordained in five years. So please keep him and uh, the good people over here in your prayers. We would be deeply grateful and I can't wait to get into this topic today. I know you're chomping at the bit, so let's just... So what's our title? So the title is Something's Missing. Something's Missing. So we we need some big time prayer before we begin this one. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we just thank you in a very particular way right now for your word, which always speaks to us, encourages, edifies, encourages, reveals your love, your patience, your will. Father, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to bless and guide our conversation right now, that it would be uh, both inspiring as well as helpful for our brothers and sisters who are listening. We ask your very special blessing on uh, Deacon, soon-to-be Father Mark, and upon the church here in Ireland. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So I'm going to let you read the passage that we're going to hear this coming Sunday, first reading, and then... And then let's dive in and let's try to make sense out of why we entitled this episode, Something's Missing. Alrighty. So a reading from the first book of Kings. At the mountain of God, Horeb, Elijah came to a cave where he took shelter. Then the Lord said to him, go outside and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will be passing by. A strong and heavy wind was rending the mountains and crushing rocks before the Lord But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a tiny whispering sound. When he heard this, Elijah hid his face in his cloak and went and stood at the entrance of the cave. So, I don't know about you, I've heard this passage preached on a couple of times in my life. I'm thinking immediately of something that I remember from when I was a child. I can remember being in the church where I grew up and hearing somebody preach on it. And I think the message was something like, God speaks in still small voices or something like that. Well, that might be true. Uh, He also speaks in thunder and lightning and earthquakes and whatnot. He did that with Moses. But that's not what this passage is about. And, you know, you and I have had some robust conversation yes, in the have. last hour or so <laughs> in preparation for uh, just doing this podcast episode because what's missing, not only the fact that there's context, which changes everything for this passage, but there's literally some verses missing, which if you don't use a missile, you you wouldn't even know because... You go to Mass on Sunday, and it's introduced the way you just introduced the reading, a reading from the first book of Kings. Well, I didn't hear there what passage it was. It's chapter 19. Nor did I hear it's verse 9a, not 9b, and verses 11 to 13a, but not 10. So 
the challenge, I think, when we come to Mass is I don't necessarily know the context. And in this case, I don't even have the whole passage. And that changes things greatly. So why don't you, because I, I know you went back and said, like, I want to find out what's going on around here. And so you read the context. Why don't you bring everybody yeah, up to speed yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I'll fill in the missing verses. Yeah, so so the context is, you know, Elijah's just experienced tremendous victory in war over the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And he has slaughtered the prophets. And now his face is on like an FBI wanted picture, <laughs> exactly. like in the post office. Like there's a hit out for his life. Queen Jezebel wants Elijah dead. And Elijah is running to hide. Right. That's why he has taken shelter. He's not gone there to pray on retreat. You know, it's because there's some bad weather happening up there. He's, he's running for his life. He's hiding. And where does he go? He goes to Mount Horeb. And that's where the story starts. Yes. So, so, so if I don't do my homework before Mass, I have, I can't situate I can't situate the reading. Right. Right. I mean, if you didn't know better, it'd be like Elijah's camping. He's just out for a couple of days, hanging out at the mountain, got his tent, his marshmallows, making some s'mores, and along comes God, and he shows himself in this still small voice, and isn't that beautiful? No, that's not the passage, right? That's not the context at all. And then on top of that, unfortunately, for whatever reason, I don't know who put the lectionary together, but we decided to like excise a couple of rather significant verses. So you read at the mountain of God, Horeb, Elijah came to a cave where he took shelter. And then it jumps immediately to verse 11. Well, verse 9b and 10 are rather significant. So verse 9b is God talks to him and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Mm. Like, why are you here? And then he, Elijah answers and says, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And then it goes to, the Lord said, go stand outside. Mm -hmm. And then we get this passage that's read, and then the passage ends with God saying again to him, this is verse 13b, what are you doing here? And then he commissions him to go to work. Mm. Now, I, I know there's some things that you want to offer as practical takeaways, like, hey, let's make sure we do some work before we go to mass. Before you do that, may, maybe I can just share something that, because I've been praying with this all week, and the Lord's just been speaking mightily to me as I reflect on this, because Elijah to me is is like one of the greatest men that ever lived. Elijah's a hero for me. Like I aspire to be like Elijah. Last week we celebrated the Feast of the Transfiguration on the Mount of Transfiguration. Who shows up next to Jesus when he's being, you know, um, transformed before the apostles' eyes? Moses and Elijah. I mean, this is a great man. And right before this passage, Elijah is filled with courage. He's like, come on, bring it on. Let's go. I've got God on my side. I'm not afraid of anybody. And he challenges the prophets of Baal to this amazing duel. And he just wins this incredible victory. And now, like one chapter later, he's this terrified man who's prone to isolate. He's like, Lord, I'm the only guy left. To which the Lord goes on to tell him, 
No, you're not. I got 7,000 prophets back home who haven't bent their knee to, to Baal. You're not alone. Stop telling me you're alone. But that, that speaks to me because mm-hmm. I can really quickly oscillate between feeling or acting very courageous and then feeling or acting terrified or better than terrified alone and be prone to isolate, be prone to feel like I'm the only one. And God's constantly reminding me, you're not alone. I I told you I would never abandon you. And it's not just that I'm never going to abandon you. I've brought so many people into your life to do mission with. And I think a lot of us can feel that way at times. Like we want to be courageous. And then we, we confront this part of our own lives, which is humbling, sometimes humiliating, like, man, I just can go into a corner and to hide. And for me, at least as inspiring as it is to see Elijah's courage, it's inspiring for me to see his terror and his fear. His humanity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's the same guy and I'm the same guy. Like the same guy who's being bold can do whatever stupid things I can do. And God and, and God's with us in those courageous moments and he's there in the stupid when moments. We're, when we're in the timid moments, right? So, you know, God's showing the tenderness of his heart, yeah. right? I, I'm with you in all manner of seasons. There's no reason for you to be afraid, but I currently find the humanity of Elijah in this passage very, very comforting for a lot of different reasons that we don't need to talk about right now. But again, if we can just go back to... Um, I think what I took most from this experience of praying with, with the scriptures for this week's conversation is it just has, outside of how the Lord is speaking to me in this passage, it's just reminding me that there's some foundational work that maybe we all need to do before we go to Mass and hear the readings proclaimed on Sunday. And that's to do some homework on the front end as well as on the back end, right? Because mm-hmm. so God has a message for us. And he's going to speak to you in this passage in a way that you need to hear it and how you need to hear it. But it requires a little bit of investment on my part. Like, help me situate what's happening. Because the Old Testament, there's a lot going on. And most of us, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, perhaps might be a little bit more familiar with the New Testament and not as familiar I think that's true. with the old. And so it requires a little bit more homework. And then, of course, to your point, it doesn't help to hand someone a book and there's a chapter missing. You know, it doesn't help to hand, you know, it's, it's important to know that when we hear the scriptures proclaimed, there's going to be some things missing and so find out what those are. And I think for me, um, one of the things that I started to do, you know, a set of years ago now was just to keep scripture commentaries handy. Mm. Because I certainly want to know what the Lord is speaking. And I don't want to hear somebody else's thoughts, but I at least need help understanding. Set the scene for me. Yeah. Who are these people and what's the historical context? Yeah. So I can actually hear what it is God wants me to hear. And I know people are often asking, like, is there a great you know, a great commentary on, say, the Old Testament or whatever. And thanks be to God, there actually is a really good, concise, as concise as can be for the entire Old Testament commentary. It's called A Catholic Introduction to the Bible. Uh, It's volume one. It was published, uh, I think, probably five, six years ago now by Ignatius Press. And it's put together by uh, Brant Petrie and John Bergsma. I use it all the time. 
it was written for pretty much everybody. So I think it's, it's accessible. used. It's very accessible. It's it's very scholarly, but it's you don't have to be a scholar to use it. Uh, it will give you everything from, you know, overviews to key insights to how the church uses it in the lectionary to how uh, themes in the Old Testament show up in the New Testament. It's a great companion to have in doing the homework for the first reading at Sunday Mass or for just doing, uh, you know, like study on our own. So if you're looking for an Old Testament commentary, that would be the one that I would suggest. A Catholic Introduction to the Bible, Volume 1, the Old Testament. I think they're working on Volume 2 now. And then I know you and I are both very partial to the Catholic commentary on sacred scripture, which uh, Mary Healy and Peter Williamson are the general editors of. And I think they've got every book of the New Testament done now. That's a tremendous resource Um, and a great commentary. There are some that I I personally find to be um, more spirit-filled than others, but they're all very good. So I I appreciate the exhortation to people to like do the work. We we were talking earlier about St. Jerome's comment, which some people might be familiar with. He said, uh, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And I'm always prone to remind people, he wrote that in a commentary on Isaiah which in case you forgot is in the Old Testament, you know, the point being to not know the Old Testament is to really not be able to understand who Jesus is and what it is he's come to to do and how he fulfills everything. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree more with the, the encouragement for everybody to, to do the work. You know, it's one thing to walk into Mass and just hear the readings. It's another thing to ourselves wrestle with them every day before we get to Mass on Sunday. That's why we're putting this podcast uh, together in the way that we are now. Um, Because we want to encourage people to do that because one of the key principles for transformation, we think, in in the church is to reacquire a biblical worldview. And oftentimes we, you know, like, I don't know about you, uh, uh, my biggest problem is my mind. Mm. And the way I would say it is I have a bent mind. Like there's just a lot of things in my mind that they don't work right. It's, it's wounded in lots of ways. And Paul talks about scripture as being not just inspired, but able to make straight that which is bent. And, and when he talks about it that way uh, to his friend Timothy, he's using the image of a doctor uh, setting a broken limb. And that's what scripture does for our minds. It, it heals our minds. It renews our mind. Right, right. So in other words, like reading the missing verses isn't just so you can make some connections and go, oh, I know what's missing here. It's so that we can let the word of God speak to us because each one of us is in a very different place and the Lord's going to speak to us in different ways. But before we can let him speak to us, we want to know the context and then we're going to bring it to him and say, okay, Lord, given all this, what are you saying to me right now with what's going on in my life? That's a great word, Father John. And, and just maybe one more thought. I'm just thinking about, you know, over the years as as you come to know the Lord and, and you encounter him and you encounter him more deeply as you continue to walk with him, oftentimes like my desire was, and I think it is for many people, is I want to know scripture. I want to know the word of God. And, and, and we're at a time in the church right now where, blessed be God, there is a number of great, 
scripture studies out there, a mm. lot of great Bible studies. And so as, you, as your appetite gets wet, as you follow some of these conversations, like go look at, go find out what's available um, in Bible studies and get in a small group yeah. and start breaking open the word of God together or getting together and going over the readings together in a small group. Yep. Right? Yeah, we used to do that in the parish, I know. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and uh, that allows the hearts to be tilled before we get to Mass to hear the Word of God. Yep. We won't be hearing it for the first time. Yeah. So here, here would be an encouragement maybe for all of us uh, because today's Monday and we've got a number of days before we're going to hear this proclaimed in the liturgy. Take some time, get in front of the Blessed Sacrament if you can or your favorite prayer chair and open up your Bibles and start with First Kings 18. That's the beginning of the context of this whole story. And start with chapter, uh, excuse me, chapter 18, verse 17, and read all the way through to 1 Kings 19, verse 18. And that's, that's like the, that's the episode of the miniseries <laughs> that we're getting a little two-minute soundbite from this coming Sunday. And just read it all the way through. It's everything from the dramatic duel between Elijah and the prophets of Baal and this passage that we're going to hear, and then the commissioning which God gives to Elijah after the passage we're going to hear. And again, what you do is then you, you, you just sit with all of that, and you say, okay, Lord, here and now, as I am, what are you saying to me? And then just like the Lord does with Elijah, he's going to speak. And he might speak in an earthquake, or it might be a fire, it might be this tiny, whispering, still voice that comes to us that just resonates in our hearts. But he's going to talk, and he talks through his word. So we want to approach the word of God with hunger, with anticipation, with expectancy, and with the awareness that this isn't data. This is God's gift to me right now, and he's got something he wants to reveal to himself. And because God is good, and he loves us, his children, and he never leaves us abandoned, and he knows what we need when we need it. Do not be afraid. That God is with you. And you were born for this.